Today's show is brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Go to AdamandEve.com right now and you'll get 50% off just about any item. All you have to do is enter the code word GLORY, G-L-O-R-Y, at checkout. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording live from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no bail for Jeffrey Epstein. That's right. <laughs> you know what I love? Yeah. He offered $559 million for bail. Mm-hmm. And they're like, ah, you know what you have? You have a passport with somebody else's name on it. From Dozens Saudi of diamonds and yeah. stamps from Saudi Arabia in there. Yeah. I'm guessing a guy with his track record didn't go to Saudi Arabia to see the fucking sites. It was a, it was a fake passport with his name and it was it was uh, saying he was from Saudi Arabia. Oh, but I, I thought it was used to enter Saudi Arabia. No, I thought it was, I thought it was saying, I thought they were saying that it was a fake. He, his lawyers kept saying that the reason why he has it is because he does, if he gets caught by someone, he doesn't want to look like who he is. So he has a fake passport to make it look like he's someone else. Right. But, I part of me thinks that he he has that thing because I had thought it had stamps that it had been Could used be. to travel. Could I, be. I, I thought I had read that. Could be. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like that's I know a guy was, like I know it was a fake. I know it was a fake name, right? Yeah, I know. Right. I know. Like which again is another offense, right? It's like <laughs> another thing. That's like some Bond villain. That's like shit. some horror. I think that's horribly illegal. Like I, it can't be like oh that Jeffrey uh, just. You know, he's got his... I just uh, want to get in trouble with yeah. his real name. Yeah. <laughs> That's what his lawyer said. I know. What does he want to get in trouble with his real name? Uh, so I love that, like, the guy's like, I'll give you a half a billion dollars. Yeah. And they're just like... Mm, Hard pass. No. Yeah. No. How about... No. <laughs> How about one child yeah. isn't worth that? Here's a word you yeah. don't respect. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So. I am loving this. Yeah. Like, if if he's guilty of this shit, like, this is how you got... And, and it seems very clear from the plea agreement, right? So I don't think it's a stretch for me to say, like, yeah. I, from the plea agreement. Um, this is how we need to behave, right? Like... I love the idea that, that the climate has changed in such a way that in 2019 versus when he was captured the first yeah, time. 2007 or that, 2006, yeah. That, that now, like, the world looks at this and is like, yeah, this is intolerable. Yeah. We will not tolerate it. It's it's crazy how much of it got pushed under the rug before. Oh, I know. And it's because of the way the deal was structured is that a lot of people didn't know about it. And it was the investigative journalism that a lot of people put together to finally crack this and to make it big news. But it was not big news. Even after it happened, it was not big news. And it was like the Miami Herald and other people that put it together. You know, I can imagine even like some of the celebrities that he hung out with probably didn't know a lot about it, right? Because it was, it wasn't like the way the deal was structured. Nobody really knew a lot about it. And so, you know, 
I don't think Katie Couric is fucking kids at his mansion. No, you know no, what I mean? No. Like, I, I think that he's a celebrity that people were involved with and they thought it was a prostitution charge because that's what everybody said it was. Well, beyond that too, it's like association is not the same thing as a deep friendship, right? Like going to somebody's barbecue doesn't mean you know everything about who they are and how they behave and what their criminal history is. Like it's, it is not like association that's like a repeated association. Sure. Association that's like a familiar association yeah. or an intimate association. It's yeah. different yeah. than like, yeah, I once hung out with this guy. Yeah. Like, I don't know what everybody I've ever hung out with has done. So that guilt by association stuff, like you got to be yeah. real leery about the kind of association. Yeah. Because sometimes there's a ring of truth to it. And sometimes it's just, that's a social circle. That's that, somebody that, I know yeah. in my social circle. Retweets do not mean endorsement. Yes. You know what right, I mean? Like, right. like that's how you got to kind of look at it sometimes. Right. And other times, you know, he might've been close with, very close with Bill Clinton. He might've been very close with Donald Trump. He might've been very close with some of these other really rich guys that, you know, and maybe they were doing some shady shit. As soon as they see the evidence, as soon as they break the evidence, yeah. I'm happy to hear about it. And as soon as they break the evidence, throw them away. Throw right. them, I'm fine with it. Fucking, as soon as, as soon as they're prosecuted, let's do it. Right. Let's, let's fucking Thunderdome this shit. Let's get it <laughs> on. But what I, I don't want to do is speculate and start running into like, oh, well, here's a picture of him with Trump at a party. Yeah. Is it creepy? Yeah, it's creepy as shit, man. Watch that video. No, like, it's gross. Like, you're like, yeah. and also, those are the whitest people dancing I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life. Like, that, like the entire yeah. cheerleader, like, group. Oh, God. They look so terrible out there. They look like, they look like they're going to crash into each other at any moment. <laughs> they all look like uh, uh, Julie D uh, Dreyfus. Julie, yeah, right. When she was on, when she was on Seinfeld and she's doing the, like, uh -huh. the crazy, they all look like her. Yeah, it's insane. And, you know, Trump and, and Jeffrey definitely look like predators. I'm not going to say they yeah. don't look like predators, but they're also, you know, in their, in their element, I think at that point, and, you know, very rich guys in a room full of women. And, yeah. you know, none of these were underage girls. No, right. 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 So, and like, I, I don't want to defend them as good people. I think they're both awful people for different reasons, maybe for the same reason. I don't know, but at least now for different reasons, well, mm -hmm. I, I think it is important to have moral standards, right? Yeah. And the, the moral standard is like, as soon as you know something about somebody, you have to act on yeah. it, right? The minute you know, like, holy shit, this person is a sexual predator. Sure. Like, you have a responsibility to excise that person from your life. Sure. You're just like, yeah, a person's gone. Yeah. I, think, I, I don't think it's reasonable to be judged for things that you didn't know. You know what I mean? And sure. I do think that there's some element of that that's kind of floating around where it's like, ah, oh, you should have known. Like, hey... It's hard. It's hard it, to say hard. that. Yeah. yeah, you don't know. Like, we're not a part of this. Yeah. But I am worried. I'm very concerned about him having him in charge of the nuclear weapons because I think his response, his, his visceral response to attack people on their appearance, short, tall, fat, ugly. My goodness, that happened in junior high. Are we not way above that? And would we not all be worried to have someone like that in charge of the nuclear Jake, arsenal? Jake, the, Mr. Trump. I never attacked him on his look. And believe me, there's plenty of subject matter right there. So this is, um, this story I grabbed, Cecil, because I can't think of anything that could act as more of a microcosm of how perfectly broken our political system is right now. This story is from CNN. Uh, Rand Paul stops unanimous passage of 9-11 first responders funding bill. Here's what the 9-11 first responders funding bill is. Hey, you know the first responders who ran in 
and then they got sick. Like we should probably give them medical care for life because yeah, take care of all those people till a, uh, there's a date in the future. I forget right. what it is, 2070 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So just like they ran into that shit and a lot of them died and some of them didn't. And many of them are getting terribly sick as a result. And at the end of the day, against the trillions of dollar budget, this is a line item, which is de minimis. Yeah. It's absolutely de minimis. And we can't get we can't get everybody on board with this. Yeah. We have people like Rand Paul is like, yeah, I'm just worried about the money. Like he's like, it's just too much money. I don't want to spend. What do you want to spend money on? Like at what point are you like, you know what's not worth it? Uh the medical care. This is why, like, like I think about like trying to get like Medicare for all. We have a tiny, tiny group of people that like America has already decided are heroes. And we're just like, that's ah, not worth the money. It's not worth the money to keep our heroes alive. It's broken, man. Yeah. The whole fucking system's broken. Well, he's, uh, one of the things that he's saying is that, um, you know, I think a lot of the way this was reported initially was like somehow he had some some way to block the bill. And that's not true. He just made it so it, it went into debate, right? right? So he pushed it into debate. There was a lot of people who were saying, hey, and I think Gillibrand was one of those people like, let's just fast track this fucking thing. All of us agree, right? It's like one of those things where just like, we're getting pizza, everybody, right? We're cool with pizza. Right. And then you got some asshole in the corners like, no, I'm, I'm a vegan. Fuck you, asshole. <laughs> Eli, you motherfucker. But you know, like the thing is, is that this guy basically says, no, Rand Paul, libertarian, right? Mm -hmm. Just like his dad. Yeah. I, I'm not going to do this. I don't want to do this because it, it, I want to see a cut for what this costs but he cut taxes already, right? So he was one of the people who voted for the tax cut. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about him voting for the tax cut, you can't cut the revenue uh -huh. and then bitch about, oh, well, now we've got a, we've got another spending, so we've got to cut, cut against it. You're like, you're cutting expense at this point. You're cut, how much revenue did you cut? $2 trillion you cut from the budget and you're so super fiscally minded that you cut $2 trillion from the budget and now you're bitching about the deficit? You fucking created the deficit, you what? fool. He doesn't want to spend money or take money in. Like that's, that's the thing. Yeah. It's like, he doesn't want to spend money. He doesn't want to take money in. He wants all the money to remain in the hands of the people that that earn it or work yeah. for it or whatever, right? So no spending, no taxing. Like it all stays in the hands of the person. And that would be fine if we lived in some kind of utopia where all the infrastructure was permanently built and nothing had to be maintained and we didn't have to take care of each other and we didn't want a social safety net. And that, But that's the problem with the libertarian model. It doesn't actually work. You can't do that. Well, and also the math doesn't work for what you just said because you can't bitch about the deficit and then say, we're not going to take in any money and we're not going to spend any money because your deficit is still fucking there if you don't take in more money and pay off the deficit. It doesn't even make any sense. So instead you cut $2 trillion in taxes, which could be going to pay off some of your deficit to get that down if that's such an important fucking thing to you, which it clearly is because you don't want to fucking like give people fucking healthcare because of it. People who deserve it, right? Of all the yeah. people in the, in the in the states that deserve it, these people deserve it. He's like, now, you know what? We're going to cut these taxes and then I'm going to cut this. And he's bitching about this. Did he bitch about fucking uh, the jingoism parade? The money that we spent on that? Does he bitch about the fucking golf outings and stuff? You could probably fucking, you could probably fund this bill for a long time with just the amount of money he spends going golfing. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, millions of dollars. It's, yeah. it's hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. You could, it's easy. Yeah. This is like saying like, hey, 
are we going to uh, treat our kid's broken arm or are we going to pay off our credit card? Right. Well, I, what are you fucking talking about? What do you We have an emergency. You carry some debt. Nations carry debt. Yeah. All nations carry debt. It's not yeah. even necessarily a bad thing. Nations carry debt. I want to say that I am not a racist. I don't even see race. Not even my own. People tell me I'm white and I believe them because I just devoted six minutes to explaining how I'm not a racist. So this story comes from everywhere, uh, but this particular story comes from Axios. There's actually two in a row. We might as well put them both up, Tom. I'll put this other one up too. All right. Uh, so this is Axios.com. Trump supporters echo his racist tweets, chanting, send her back. And the other one is Trump blasts four congresswomen. Crowd roars, send her back. So Trump's ongoing fucking rallies that just have never stopped from the minute he announced his candidacy all through his presidency, which that's weird. Yeah. That's, that's a, a weird, that's a weird thing, huh? weird yeah. thing to do to just go and have a fucking popularity masturbation contest right, or whatever right, this right. is all about. Um, so what he's referring to is the tweet, um, calling out the squad. So the squad is, um, Ocasio-Cortez, Omar, Presley, and Tlaib. Um, maybe is it? It's, maybe it's not Tlaib. It's I don't know how to pronounce T L A I B. I don't know how to say T. I think you got to change the fucking vowels around in that for me we'll to even be able to say. Put the T and L next to each other. I don't other. know how to say that. But um, but they these are all freshman congresswomen. Right. They're all freshman congresswomen. Right. And and they're very progressive. Yeah. They're very progressive, and they're all women of color. Yeah. Um. And Trump tweeted out basically saying that let me, they let were, me read it. Let me read yeah, it. Okay. Said. Yeah. So. He said, so interesting Interesting to see progressive Democrat congresswomen who originally came from countries whose governments are a complete and total catastrophe, the worst, most corrupt, and inept everywhere in the world, even if they are a functioning government at all, now loudly and viciously telling the people of the United States, the greatest and most powerful nation on earth, how our government is to be run. Why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime-infested places which they came and then come back and show us how it's done. Sorry, it's, it's the spanning tweets. I apologize. No, it's um, these places need your help badly and you can't leave fast enough. I'm sure that Nancy Pelosi would be very happy to quickly work out free travel arrangements. Um, and so that's what he had to say to them. And it's unreal. And then, it, and then it's echoed at his thing too. So he goes to his rallies and now it's become a rallying cry, yeah. right? It's become the new lock her up, right? Yeah. Is now send her back. Send her back. Interesting that it's always a her, right? And not, and by interesting, I don't mean subtle yeah. or surprising. Sure. Yeah. Right? So right. it is consistent. It's it's fucking obvious, is what it is, right? right? It's yeah. fucking obvious. Obvious troll yeah. is obvious. Yeah. Fucking, right? yeah. If there's ever been a fucking uh, misogyny in just completely encapsulated, it's President Trump. It, yes. Right. I mean, the, the man right. does not give a shit. Yeah. Does not give a shit. Like, he is a misogynist to his absolute tiny, tiny boners. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, just yeah. ridiculous. This fucking little mushroom or whatever <laughs> Stormy called it. Let's talk about the tweets for a second. Yeah. Before we get into the yeah. sender back. I had some let's, notes on yeah, let's yeah. talk about Let's talk about these tweets for a second. So, first off, three of the four women were born here. So the idea that go back to where you came from, they're here already. So three of the four women and one of the women, the one who came here, has been here longer than Melania Trump. So Yeah, but she came from Mogadishu yeah. in Somalia. And yeah. that's browner than where Melania came from. So time works different. It's like white years. You know, they're like dog years, they are, but just different. But just like, different. It's like 
white places <laughs> versus not white places. Well, we have light years. Now we have white years. Now we have white years. So Why has it got to be a black hole? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that, first off, you know, like, like you're such a fucking idiot yeah. that you go on to Twitter to tell people to go back where they came from. Like, what, the Bronx? Like, <laughs> no, where right. am I going to go back? I'm already here. I'm already representing where I live. Was well, she Puerto Rican? Yeah. Like, that's, like one of them was Puerto Rican. America. Yeah. I know. He doesn't know that though. He either doesn't know it or he doesn't care. Yeah. Right. And so and he's he, second generation from Germany. Yeah. His grandfather's right. from Germany. How right. many generations back do you have to find before you're like before you're part of, Yeah. Before you're part of America. Before you're part of America. Before right. you belong here. Yeah. Right. This whole thing reeks. First off, it reeks of privilege. Right. Because the idea that you would look at someone else and say to them, if you don't like it here, go. Number one, they're in Congress to ch to try to change things for Thank their you. party, right? So you don't get to tell me to go anywhere. I'm here to fucking change shit so my party is, is happy and my constituents are happy. So fuck you. You don't get to tell me to go anywhere. It's not your fucking government. Right. It's our government, motherfucker. And then also just the privilege of being able to say, well, if you don't like it, you can leave. Who the fuck just can just pack up their life and go somewhere else. Very few people have the privilege to be able to walk away from an entire life built here in the United yeah. States and just travel somewhere else. Be like, you know what? I don't like it there. I'm going to go somewhere else. It takes a lot of fucking liquid income to be able to fucking just pick up and move from the United States. Well, like his comment to your, to your prior point, his comment that like, that's what Congress is supposed to do is identify problems and fix them. Right. So his thing, like, ah, oh, if you don't like it here, it's like, no, no, no. Criticizing something is not the same as burning it down. And the slogan, the very slogan of Donald Trump is make America great again, which implies in the words, it implies that America is not great and needs to be fixed. Right. So it's fucking insane that he would then point at these congresswomen and be like, because you're critical, that means you don't like this country. Well, your, your slogan, yeah. your fucking slogan in and of itself is a slogan in which embedded is a criticism, a serious criticism that America is not great. That is a point that these women and myself would probably agree with you on. Right, right. That something can be worth keeping and still need fixing, right? Like we don't abandon everything that has a fucking problem to right, it. Right, Like or nobody would keep their kids like, why would <laughs> <laughs> you would at least send them away to like fucking like, I don't know, faraway camp where they spend all their life. I don't know what they call those away schools, boarding Somalia. schools, <laughs> Mogadishu. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. always wanted to be a pirate. Well, here's your chance, kid. <laughs> I want to go home. I'm just looking around. Where's uh, Johnny Depp or whatever geez. that guy's name is. <laughs> <laughs> What's that guy's name? It's not Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, okay, Johnny yeah, Depp. okay. Yeah. Well, you're thinking of something else. I don't but know yeah. either. Yeah, no, that is, uh, he was a pirate in one of his movies. Yes, he was. Um, this is also, very interestingly, um, the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission specifically <laughs> cites the phrase, go back to where you came from as the type of language that could violate anti-discrimination employment laws in certain circumstances. Oh, really? I wonder why. Maybe because it's inherently racist right. and it's a fucking dog whistle that's it's, been used 
forever. It's yeah. not even a dog whistle. It's an explicit. I know. It's like, not like it's. it's, it's, like, we, it's not, we skipped past the dog I know, whistle. I we're know. just like we took the dog whistle, we threw it, <laughs> and we grabbed a wheel whistle, <laughs> and now we're up in your ear, being like tweet tweet, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, literally like, tweet tweet. Everybody's looking around like, uh, did you? You didn't just say that, did you? And the entire Republican Party is just like, oh no, that's fine. Yeah, you're allowed to say good. that. You're good. Yeah. You know what this this reminds me of? When I was a kid, my dad used to have these, my dad used to tell stories of Chicago from when he was growing up. And my dad was a racist, shitty guy, but my dad also was the subject of, I don't know if it's racism, but you know, he was a nationality that some people didn't like, right? So he sure. was, he was, there's some discrimination. There discrimination. As a of his, yeah, discrimination. Yeah, That's better, I think, than saying racism because he, pretty much look like everybody else, but there was, if they found out who he was or they knew where he lived, those types of things followed you around, right? Okay. And so one of the things that he was telling me was when he grew up, he grew up in a in a Czechoslovakian Polish neighborhood, right? Because okay. his dad died when he was very young. So the namesake, my last name's Italian, his namesake was dead. So his mom, his mom moved to this Polish neighborhood. And so he grew up Polish Czechoslovakian. He didn't grow up Italian, right? Mm -hmm. But there was an Italian neighborhood just across the, the way from them. And he said, growing up, he said, you didn't go there because they'd kick the shit out of you. They would beat the shit out of you if you went over there. And he's like, and, it, this, and I know the same thing happened with black people for many years, well after, sure. I'm sure that happened. <clears throat> but that go back to where you came from is segregationist language too. It's not just immigration language, right, right? Where you say that. It's segregationist language. Go back to where you came from. Get back to your ghetto. Go back to where yeah. you belong. Stay in your lanes. Get a, go back and shut the fuck up. I got this. This is my country, not your country. You're a lesser partner here. And it's the most offensive racist thing I think he's said. I He has said a lot of racist things. Good people on both sides is horribly racist, especially after someone dies, right? right? Horribly racist, shockingly racist. They didn't call it out as racism. Bunch of other stuff has gone on since then. And, you know, there's so much, I literally cannot even remember it all. I'd have to look at <laughs> an, an article of some sort to try to refresh my memory because there's so much. But this is the one thing that I have seen the news media turn their heels and say, nope, this is racist. This right here, we're stopping all this he said something that was racially charged. Right. This is racist, period. Yeah. And I have not seen anybody falter on that. Yeah. Is Fox News calling this I racist? I don't know. Okay. You know? So maybe, but I don't pay attention to Fox I know, News. But it's so not I don't real know. news. Yeah. You know, what's amazing is his popularity, not amazing, but like what's worth noting is the popularity within his base went up. Yeah. After this. Right. Like it went up. Because it's what they want to say to people. Right. Because this is, yeah, exactly. Right. And I think your point about like this is segregationist. One of the one of the thoughts I had was like, this is not just racist. I think it's interesting that these are all women. It's go back where you came from, the fucking kitchen. That's a right? great. That's a great analysis. Something I didn't even consider. Get the fuck out of here. Yep. Get out of Congress. Get out of being in our faces. Fucking this is the a. boys' club. Fucking a man. And you don't deserve to be here. Absolutely. Great analysis. I totally missed that. It did. It just went right up because I'm focusing so much on the race. But you're right. It's gender too, man. It's they are they are minority minorities, right? Right, And so they are struggling to, you know, they're, they're, they have a different life than the billionaire white guy that's the president right now. Very different <laughs> life. Wait, which one do you think is, okay, no, I think I know. Which yeah. one is more powerful? <laughs> billionaire president, white guy, <laughs> or immigrant from Somalia? 
What they, what they, <laughs> you didn't even answer the, was that, is, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was obvious. <laughs> What what I what I what is crazy to me too is when people say this isn't racist, they go out of their way to say, you know, you've heard a, a litany of Republicans come oh, out yeah. and try to apologize for this. When they asked Mitch McConnell, oh my god, they asked Mitch McConnell, and Mitch McConnell standing there is like, well, I don't think it was racist. Uh, uh, he sounds like fucking Forrest Gump. It makes me crazy. But anyway, he's standing there and he's like, and he's talking and they, they ask him the question, your wife is a naturalized citizen. How would you feel if someone said this to your wife is what they asked him. Great fucking question. He never answers it. He's like, I think both sides need to come together and and we, there's too much invective on both sides. And it's like- he's, No, no, it's, where's the invective? Well, that's the problem is yeah. they, what they, they don't like these women because they think they ha- like- Trump has brainwashed people into thinking they hate America. What do they want? What's the big thing that they say that hates America? What's the what's the big thing? They want health care for all. They want people to pay for public school for people to go to public schools. Yeah. You know, they want all they want these environmental policies that yeah, actually envi- protect the goddamn environment. There's all these things that they want. You're just like, how does point to the point to the policy that says they hate their country? I I will say what I think that this is primarily about is. The impeach the motherfucker comment. That comment, yeah. So that, because that's a direct attack against him as a person. And we have a man with fucking paper skin as our president. Right. Somehow he's, he's, he's got like fucking wet rice paper for his fucking skin. He's the least powerful, powerful man that I've ever heard of. Yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable the weakness of this man. So somebody says like impeach him. Somebody said like, if somebody in my work said like, Tom, I'm going to get you fired. I'd be like, good fucking luck. I do a good job. Yeah. Fuck off. What are you going to do? Yeah. Give it a whirl, buddy. Let yeah. me know how that goes. Yeah. Like, I'm not afraid. He he doesn't like this shit because it damages his, his it's it's a vote in his popularity contest he doesn't get, right? Yeah. Because the, the rallies and so much of what he does is, and he says so, everybody loves me. I went there and people love me. I'm a great guy. People think I'm a great guy. Me, 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 yeah, me, yeah, me, 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 me. He's 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 a civil servant who has it backwards. He see behaves as if the country works for him rather than he works for the country. Right. And then he also, by the way, he won't say who he was referring to. When they ask him directly, he says, "How is that? It's some people. I'm not saying I'm their not names. Saying, I'm not saying who it is. Who it, I never said who it was about. That's what he said. He's like, I never said who it was what about. What a wiener. What a fucking wiener. You're such of a, a coward. Own You're your such shit. Such a coward. Like God. if you say. You know, he's like, oh, I, I never said it was, I, I could have been talking about literally anybody out there, except for I mentioned Pelosi, right? right. So it's got to be, and, and you say progressive Democrat, right? Yeah, progressive progressive Democrat. You know, we're talking about progressive Democratic women, and the, the thing of Pelosi is obviously a jive to make like, to, to highlight the tension within the Democratic Party, which has existed between the squad yeah. and Pelosi. Sure. It's obvious who he's fucking referring to. Sure. It's obvious. Like, what the idea, too, that, like, anybody who levels criticism at the country doesn't love the country. The only thing, look, the, the only time people are critical of things is when they want it to be better. Right. Right? Like, I am not, I don't spend my, do, my time being critical of Iran except for, for this show, right? To highlight things that they've done as atrocities sure. for the show. I don't care about them. I, I mean, like, wait, wait. I, it's not where I live. I don't have any vested real interest in their success or failure, except for as it impacts the larger world around us and, you know, myself. And it, 
we care about when we, when we criticize, we can, it's, it's it's a way to say like, I'd like this to be better. I think it can be better. Sure. The idea that like criticizing means that you hate something and you want to like tear it down. And so like you should be removed from, how are we going to fix anything? Yeah. Is everything perfect? Or do we have like lots of shit to do? Yeah. I think we have lots of shit to do. We can't even get a bill passed to give first responders healthcare. Yeah. So there's a KKK billboard that some of this is, is mar modeled after. It says, this is Klan country, love it or leave it. Jesus And they, Christ. you know, they, they call these women communists. They call these women communists. They call them like, they call them like, they say that they hate the country. And he has brainwashed all these people. And all these people are chanting, send her back. And when he was asked about it today, again, cowardly move. When he was asked about it again today, they sent, they said, he's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't agree with that crowd saying that. It's bullshit. Come on. It's bullshit. He fed it to the crowd. He fed it he to them. He fed it to them. Like in, in the language, I that is a lie. That's just right. Well, I mean, who's shocked? I don't I know, know but it's, I but know it's, why it's just him upset. blatantly lying again and again and again yeah, and again. He fed that to the yeah. crowd. Right. Oh my God. But it's I'm one thing I am happy about, and I did listen to a an, an NPR code something. I don't know what it's code breakers, code search, code something. Code duello? I don't know. Wasn't that? That's a, <laughs> a that's citation, a needed, citation episode. needed episode. Citation needed. One of the top forty podcasts uh, that you should be listening to. Hilarious podcast by uprocks.com. Um, <laughs> but uh, but the uh, the uh, code switch is what it's called. Okay, code switch on NPR. They had these two journalists on, and one journalist was arguing that we shouldn't be calling it racist because. Um, we shouldn't be making that judgment. We should just be telling people what he said and let other people making that judgment. And the other person was like, it crosses a line. This is racist. And there was kind of an argument back and forth between these two journalists who were just, just you know, it was a really polite, super polite argument. Right. It's, a, it's an NPR it argument. Super polite. Um, it's and like it two Canadians getting in a fight. <laughs> yeah, <I know>. <laughs> slap <laughs> fighting each other with beaver tails. <laughs> <laughs> Pouring maple. They have to fight in maple syrup. <laughs> But uh, it's just lumberjacks and maple syrup yeah. fighting each other with beaver tail. It sounds like a porn I've seen. <laughs> I'd watch it again. I'd bookmark that shit. You kidding me? But uh, but the I the the thing is the the concept is is that you know the one person is saying, look, I don't think we should call it racist. I think we should let other people do it. If that's the case, if we should be able to say that this is particularly racist, I've read plenty of things that Trump have said, and I can call it imbecilic. He's like, but I shouldn't. I should let people read it. And, you know, he's like, but I guarantee, he's like, I'm an editor. He's like, that is the worst thing I've ever read. He's like, it's absolutely imbecilic. He's like, but that's a judgment I make. And it was a really interesting back and forth. I don't know that, I mean, I, I think, I think I fall on the side of the people who are like, no, we need to call it out as racism um, so that there's enough people who recognize that this is, you know, it pops enough eyes. It gets enough eyes onto this to pay attention to it. So even if you didn't read the tweets, you're not on Twitter, you didn't pay attention, you, you at least yeah. hear about this in some way because you're like racist, you know, because this it, I, I genuinely feel like this is one of the first times they've actually been using that particular language. Yeah, I, I don't feel like that's, like the news's job is not to dispassionately just, like, it's not a camera, right? right? Writing is never a camera, I guess is what I mean to say. Like, writing always is, contains some element of choice sure. in terms of like right. what it shows and what it portrays and how it describes yeah. its language. Yeah. So in the, in terms of like writing a story, I don't know, man. Like I, you're not just dispatched. Nobody would read it. Yeah. Here is what Trump said. Okay, well, why is that interesting? 
What does that mean? Like there's analysis that's part of reporting. Sure. That matters. Sure. I think I I think that, you know, the the couple of one or two things points he had were interesting, but I didn't agree with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but it's an interesting, like I say, code switch, check it out. It's about I think it's called Is This Racist Now? Um, yeah. is the name of the, the show. And it's about a 25-minute show. Um, it was pretty interesting though. Like, you know, you get a chance to see the thought process that goes into this. And I don't think the thing that I think I want to stress by even mentioning this is that these guys don't take this shit lightly. They don't just say it, you know, yeah, sure. Fucking probably HuffPo and a few others have been saying racist for a long time. Right. And I don't disagree that some of the stuff he has said is racist. I'm not saying that, but some of these bigger players, NPR, for example, who does try to be really, you know, I think as center as they can be, you know, they're clearly left, but they, you know, they're centrist in, in most ways. They are even coming out and saying, and I think that that's the the thing I want to say is that right. it's a, it's a powerful moment where people are actually saying, no, fuck, we've got to actually call this racism. Yeah. It's a difference from the hyperbolic news, yeah. right? And the hyperbolic editorializing. Sure. sure. It's not raw story. Right. It's not right wing wash. Yeah. Clickbaity it's, shit. It's, and, and you know, the thing Serious. is like, it's not that I disagree, and I'm not saying I disagree with those people because I very often I do. But in this case, you know, now it's coming into the mainstream. It's creeping into the mainstream. So, Tom, right now, our sponsor, AdamandEve.com. And and AdamandEve.com, I just want to mention, if you like to fuck. If you don't. Really? Yeah. But if you like to fuck and you like to get fucked, AdamandEve.com is a great sponsor for this show because they provide oils and lubes and things to fuck with and things to get fucked with and things to put on stuff and things to put under stuff, (laughs) things to put around stuff. I mean, you basically can pack that shit in airtight wherever you want. (laughs) And the nice thing is with the... uh, code glory at checkout you won't get fucked on the price. exactly because <laughs> you get 50 percent off almost any item at adamandeve.com you get a ton of free gifts you get free dvds or something for you something for her something for both of you guys no sex swing right now yeah, no, no sex, sex swing, swing. but free shipping free so shipping the, you get to swing it out to you that way <laughs> instead you get free all you have to do is enter glory at checkout you'll get all that stuff and fucking has never been so fun. So this comes from CNN.com. White GOP congressman says he isn't offended by racist Trump tweets because I'm a person of color. Being here is Representative Mike Kelly. And here's what he says. He says, you know, they talk about people of color. Well, I'm a person of color. I'm white. I'm an Anglo-Saxon. People say things all the time, but I don't get offended. Okay, I hate the term so much. Get woke. But nobody's ever been less woke than this fucking guy. This guy is comatose as fuck. Are you serious? This is like Captain Privilege. <laughs> what is happening? It's it's farcical. If they make band-aids default in your skin color, you <laughs> you do not get to talk about being a person of color. Oh my god. If, they, I, you just don't. You just don't. Like, does he misunderstand? Like, he must, right? Yeah. He, he's he, it's he's obviously either playing on words by saying I'm a person of color, I'm white, um, or he, in which case it's a grotesque thing to say because that means he does understand. Yeah. Or he genuinely is just like everybody's a color. Yeah. <laughs> what? There's no translucent it's like, people. It's like the ditzy girl from Friends. You know, like whatever. <laughs> You know, chicken of the sea is it chicken or fish yeah. like what the fuck <laughs> I, 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 and it goes on later on to say he says with a name like Mike Kelly uh, you can't be from any place but Ireland he said his broader point 
is that we're all created equal and it's time to stop fixating on our differences, particularly our superficial ones, and focus on what unites us. Attempts by Democrats in the media to define, divide and define us by race are harmful. We need to elevate our level of discussion. He's saying this in response to a racist tweet right. by the president aimed at people that are minorities telling them to go back to their country of origin because they are not welcome in the United States. <laughs> That's a thing. I, well, you guys are really being duty heads about the whole racist <laughs> thing. Well, I couldn't. What? What? First off, watch this video if you get a chance. All it is is scrolling tweets. It's like Tom's nightmare. <laughs> it's like it's like these guys just for two straight minutes read scrolling tweets. To that it's the it's like amazing journalism. By the way, amazing journalism. Let me read to you yeah. what you could read for yourself. Yeah. Uh, so I, but you know, this guy is just such a twat. And the thing is, is like you don't even realize you're such a fucking clown. Like you, yeah. you can't realize how much of a fucking clown you are when you say something like this. Um, you know, like, like you said, it's privilege. It's just, it just reeks of privilege. It's just a, he's just, and you look at this guy and you're just like, holy shit, you're, you are the kind of old white guy that tells people to get off his lawn. <laughs> like you just look at this guy. He looks angry. He looks like he's going to yell at you because you stopped too long at the stoplight. He's just like <laughs> super mad. I love it. He's like, well, it doesn't bother me because the invective is not aimed at you. That's what you hear That's all the time. That's an amazing thing to say. Like, well, it wouldn't bother me if it were me. You don't understand. Like, you are shielded. You are yeah. you are protected by, that is what privilege does. That's literally one of the things that privilege yeah. does yeah. is it puts you in a place it where you are you. protected. Yeah. What's interesting is <laughs> when they say like, like you could call me cracker. You could call me cracker, right? right you could say yeah. that. Right? You'd be like, you're a cracker. Okay. Can I, can I call you cra cracker? I'm a cracker. Sure. I'm a cracker. Sounds <laughs> right. great. Right? The idea is, is that that doesn't hurt me because I'm one of the privileged groups. Right. So it'd be like saying, you got a huge cock. Right. I'd be like, okay, cool story. Yeah. Like it does, like it, it's one of the, it's one of the privileged groups. You know, it matters when it's the N-word. It matters when it's another ethnic slur. It matters then because they're not a privileged group. When you're just like, yeah, I'm white. Doesn't bother me that people call me white. No right. shit, of you dumb doesn't. motherfucker. Because like all that does is ensconce you in your position of power rather than constantly yeah. remind you of your lesser yeah, social less status. Than being, yeah. What the, like how is this difficult to understand? Well, that's, and, and, and I guarantee this isn't a fucking single person's view. I guarantee there's a lot of people in Congress that have the oh, exact yeah. same view. Oh. They don't think that privilege is a thing. There's a million people out there who probably don't even stop. They stopped listening to this podcast a long time ago. Thank fucking God, by the way. <laughs> I don't even believe in God and I'll thank him for that. But it's like, you know, they, they stop listening to this podcast because they get mad because you point out their privilege. They get super butthurt about it. They're like, oh my God, what are you saying? I don't, I don't have privilege. You get fucking, we get shitty YouTube comments. I don't even read them anymore. But you get <laughs> shitty YouTube comments from twats who don't want to face the fact that they grew up and they had it on easy mode. Right. They had an easy, they had an easy button and other people didn't have it. And somehow that fucking hurts their Fifi so bad that they get so like, like, oh, you can't say that. Oh, I had a super tough. It doesn't mean it. You made it 100% because you're white, but you certainly probably benefited because of it. Well, it's like, like the, like you have an easier yeah. button, right? It's easier. Like, you might've had a hard life. Yeah. You might've had a hard go individually, yeah. but also like, the whole idea of privilege is it's a it is a way to talk about people in terms of demographic groups and demographic realities, not individual realities. Individual realities may vary. Yeah, like there there are people that grow up with privilege that are not white. There are yeah. people that grow up white that have 
tremendous disadvantage. That's not the point. The anecdotes don't in any way affect the larger demographic truths that are important to realize and that that's that's what that conversation right. is about because you build policy not for anecdotes, but you build policy to address demographic truths. Sure. It's amazing to me how many people are like, well, I didn't experience this, so therefore it's, a, it's yeah, not yeah, largely yeah. true universally. Like no one no one is like writing a bill called here's what happens when time like nobody cares about you individually. There's 300 and however many million people here. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too is that, you know, what we've been hearing from the Republican Party because of these tweets and other things is this constant, well, how in the world can the president be be, be racist? He had like a black person in his cabinet. Like he's had black friends. It's like, like, are you seriously bringing out I have a black friend so I can say the N-word? Is that what we're doing <laughs> here? Is. And that, I mean, that's what we're doing. And, you know, you're absolutely right. I think that the, these people have a myopic view when they, when they, get confronted about privilege. They have a myopic view and they look at their own life and they say, well, I didn't, I don't see it. One, it's invisible to you. So it's hard to right. see, right? You have to really step back and understand all the different privileges that you had throughout your life. But not just that, you step back and you're like, well, I don't see it. It's okay. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist, number one. And it might not have helped you as much as it helped other people. Right. But like you said, you're taking it too fucking personally. You're saying you're attacking me. I earned what I, okay, nobody's saying that. What we're saying is you benefited from privilege probably. Good chance you benefited from privilege. That's it. What I don't understand about that is like, I know that I benefited from, from privilege, right? I'm a, I'm a white, middle-class, hetero male. Right. Like, I, you, you've, like you've I, got the bingo I, card. I hit the fucking yeah, lottery You blacked so out the bingo card I without the black. Like, Without being black, I, guess. I think it's a time. <laughs> well, you could never go back, and you're not the other. You're way, not poor because so. you're not playing bingo. But you know what I mean. You know what I mean. So or Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess like there, there's a part of me that's like, well, I'm grateful for that. Yeah, you can be grateful for it. Like you can recognize it. You don't have to feel guilty. You can instead be grateful for it, and then also hope that it changes yeah. in the future. Recognize those things it. are not yeah. exclusive. Yeah. I'm grateful that like my life was a little easier. I would like other people's lives to be easier in the same ways. We don't want to do that. We yeah. want to, like there's a, there's a sense that like if I recognize it that I have to be ashamed of it or right. something or yeah. that rather than say like you know that was great. And it would be great if if my life were replicatable to other people. Right. Because I know that like I I had certain advantages. I'd like other people to have those advantages. Well, it, that doesn't mean that I don't want my advantages. Sure. Right? Like, yeah. It's just that I want to carry them forward. Help other people get them too. Find a lawyer because you'll need one. Write a book or learn to read one. Or get your eyebrows bleached. Because just relax at the spa. Go fuck yourself at Mar-a-Lago when you, if you get impeached. I don't... You know, Tom, I every week we come in <clears throat> and I, I really do miss the days when we didn't just spend all our time on politics. Me too. Because there was so much good, funny shit out there mm -hmm. to talk about. And, you know, when I think back even to Bush era stuff, I don't remember covering politics this much, but there's, I mean, like 90, every 90 seconds. Yeah, well, the world's gone mad. It's like a neutron star. It's spinning so yeah. fast. It's like every few seconds, there's a brand new, scandal, something crazy, something that you have to, like if you, you would neglect to talk about it, you're missing the biggest, one of the biggest stories of the week, but that's only for tonight. I know. <laughs> 
It's crazy. <laughs> You're not even wrong. It's yeah. crazy. And I want to go back to where we were, which yeah. was, you know, hey, let's find some crazy yeah. news stories about like religious people. Yeah. That's insane. Like those were great, but it's like you, we, I feel like I'm neglecting something. If I talk, if I don't talk, about I do too. Thing. That's why I throw these stories in everywhere. Yeah. I'm like, okay, but this happened and it's like a big deal. But yeah. I, 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 sometimes I think like, is it a big deal? Cause I'm going to forget about it in seven days. Yeah, it's true. It's I true. don't know. It's true. So this story comes from the New York times, uh, house votes to kill Trump impeachment resolution. So Al Green, a Democrat in Texas, um, basically forced the issue to bring to the table an impeachment resolution. Um, and he did not have the votes, the, pre the requisite votes ahead of time. He did not have the backing of the caucus. And the House was like, no, it, it, what? No. Um, this, is a, this is a mistake. This was a real fucking blunder, I think to bring impeachment up and then to have the House shut it down yeah. just as quickly, it kind of makes it seem like it can't come back up again. You know what I mean? I know that technically it yeah, can. Right. But it's already it's it's already a loss. To, to bring it up and to have it shut down is basically like kind of proof in the pudding. Look, even the Democrats aren't interested in impeachment. Yeah. So if it comes up again in after the Mueller... Uh, testimony, if yeah. it comes up again, it's like, well, you guys already said no. Like, we already asked mom and dad, yeah. you know, and they said no. There's no one left to ask. It's uh, There is some back and forth on whether or not this is good or bad. Pelosi's been talking about, you know, how we shouldn't do it. Other people have been talking about, you know, we should do it. Um, I am falling on the side of, I don't care whether it's politically... I, I really genuinely don't care whether it's politically correct, not correct, but politically advantageous is mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say. I think it's necessary to do it for the the Mueller thing. I think it's, I think you have to do it because it's, there's enough there. And he basically said, guys, here's this thing. You should do it. And I, I even if it's not politically advantageous, I think it's our, it's the duty of that office to stop the president if he's committing a crime. Um, I certainly wouldn't want them to just be like, yeah, we're just going to let this rapist continue to rape people because we just don't want to, you know, we just, we just think it's going to upset the apple cart. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, you know, like for instance, Jeffrey Epstein's a perfect example, right? You know, if that's the case, then why shouldn't we just be like, oh, well, let's just turn a blind eye. You know, if, if you're powerful, we should, or if, or it's not advantageous for our tiny little police station to do this. Why should we care? And I think rule of law means something, should mean something. Um, I, I'm sure people will disagree with me and I'm okay with that. I'm okay, yeah. you know, and it's, it's fine. If other people think, you know, you should be, it's political. We want to make sure we get rid of him and a perfect way to get rid of him is 2020. You know, I get it. I understand where you're coming from. But um, but I think it's a, it's a mistake to not go after him um, for these things. Uh, that being said, I think that this is the incorrect way to do it. I think, yeah. you know, there's plenty of solid evidence, especially now with the Cohen thing that came out today, where- well, Cohen thing came out today? Oh, where the- I was at work all day. I missed it. I oh, read the so, news this, this so afternoon. I read the news this morning. Hope Hicks, Cohen, and President Trump, there is direct evidence of him being involved in paying off Stormy Daniels. Direct, and it's not just that his lawyer did it to help him. It's that there were conversations with him telling him to do this. And it was released today. All this material was released today to the public. So a bunch of people, a bunch of this material got out into the public and it was released by a judge 
who it was hidden before. Okay. And now it's not. Now it's like, no. And so it's clear campaign violations, clear. I mean, I think people were saying clear felony. So again, there's, there is definitely a high crime here that we can start looking at. So there's yeah. a lot of avenues that they can go. So, but I think this is a bad way to, I think this is yeah. a bad way to do it. You know, I think you might be able to do other things. There's other, I think Congress, <clears throat> congressional procedures that they can do to try to censure him or some other thing. You know, they can try to do things to him. But one thing I want to point out in this article that made me stop, it was the part where President Trump is accusing those women, uh, the squad. Yeah. And he's saying, he says in here, he says, uh, they're dangerous, militant, hard left, hate-filled extremists who are constantly trying to tear our country down. Um, they don't love our country. I think in most cases they hate our country. You know what? If they don't love it, tell them to leave it. And that's directly from that. You talked about that sign mm-hmm. that we mentioned yeah, earlier, the right. sign that love it or leave it, that KKK sign that's right. I mean, he said that at the rally last night. But uh, the dangerous militant hard left is what caught me. Because I had a conversation the other day with a couple of people and we all agreed there is no real hard left in this country. It's all centrists. Like we're all like the farthest left we get is like, Eh, center left, like center left. And I'll tell you how I know this. Watching those debates and they ask that question about healthcare mm-hmm. and two hands go up. And how many people on the stage were like, no, what we really got to do is give fellatio to all these insurance companies that have been <laughs> fucking us forever. That's what we really need to do. You know, these are corporatist people. These aren't like hard left people. You want hard left people. These are not hard, hard left people. These are center left people, but they've painted what should be real basic human rights, which all other countries, many other countries that you wouldn't consider hard left countries have all these rights, you know, college, the, you know, going to go into a doctor and not, have the, and you know, paying for it when your taxes, et cetera. Look at even how Bernie had to like crawl on the carpet. Cause they asked him about taxes when that, that, you know, yeah. he's like, well, you, yeah, you're going to pay a little more in taxes, but don't worry. Your other things are going to like other countries. They would just be like, yeah, we'll just pay for it. Like we're cool with it. Like what's that's okay. That's not hard left. That's centrist. And we have this idea that we're like, you know, like somehow these people are super radical lefties. They're like, if you look at like what a radical leftist is, that's nothing like what's in government right now. Oh, no, not it's at all. It's nothing like what's in government right now. But they want to call it and they want to paint it like this. But I will say, if you start looking at the right side of the spectrum, when you get like people like Steve King saying, what's what's wrong with being a white nationalist? When you get people like Trump saying obviously racist things, that is much farther on the, on the right than we ever are on the left. Yeah, if we're creeping anywhere, we're creeping toward fascism, yeah. right? We're creeping, we're creeping hard Absolutely. Right toward fascism. Yeah. And, and by creeping, I mean accelerating, accelerating. wildly yeah. Yeah, like in that direction. We're going to hit 88 miles an hour pretty soon. Like all the, <laughs> and then the torches all light on fire <laughs> and we all have our hoods on. <laughs> like I, if I'm not mistaken, all, and if it's not all, it's, it's definitely most of the domestic terrorist acts have all been from yeah, far right. Far right groups. Far right yeah. extremists. Yeah. You're going to talk about this, this dangerous militant hard left. When I think about dangerous militant hard right, I think about people shooting the place up, right? Because yeah. that keeps happening. Sure. It keeps, it doesn't yeah. happen once or twice. Yeah. It keeps happening. Yeah. When I think about a dangerous, militant, hard left, I think about somebody being like, and we'll get some health care for you. Yeah. 
Like yeah. that's the dangerous that's, militant yeah, hard right. left. A real, point. a real dangerous militant. Oh, not dangerous, but a real militant hard left would be like proletariat needs to flip some shit. We yeah, need to start right. flipping tables. That's pro. That's hard left. There is no hard left. No, there's no. nobody there's no saying. Communist party yeah, there's country. nobody saying let's fucking. You know, there's a couple of people saying we need to put more regulations on business or start busting them up a little. But nobody's saying, let's take all their assets and distribute them to all the people. <laughs> That's hard left. Right. That's not well, no, what they're saying, yeah. right? <laughs> left. I just don't even I just don't even understand this, but it's it's something that we keep saying. I want to say it's like, is it a Goebbels thing where it's like, say a lie enough? All I yeah. have to do is just keep mm -hmm. saying it enough. I don't know what the quote is, but you know what I mean. You know, understand yeah, the sentiment. Right. Just keep saying the lie over and over again. And that's what this is. This fucking far left, dangerous militant left. It's a lie. It's not. A, they're not far left, dangerous militant. They want a fucking couple of fucking concessions that some may consider barely socialist. <laughs> yeah, I, it, they they think that the the idea is that they're going to destroy the country, meaning they're going to destroy the economy of the yeah, country. Right. I think is what they're trying to yeah. say. As an evidence of that would be the um, destroyed economy of all of Europe. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Right? The American dream is dead. So before you introduce this story, I want to tell the listeners, when we play this clip, <laughs> I just want you to turn it up just a little, just a little, and you can hear this fat fuck breathe. <laughs> and, he's, and he's one of those like, he's like, uh, uh. Uh, no, he's like literally like he's got making. A in there? Yeah, he's making sound like he's like Fatty McGee from the and Adam Sandler <laughs> skit where he comes up the stairs. It's that. Yeah, it sounds. You can hear it. You can oh, hear that. Lord. The 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 sort of like my vocal cords right. even have fat on them. My yeah. resting heart rate is ninety three. <laughs> All right, some right wing watch. Josh Berenstein Bears urges urges Trump to become a dictator for patriotism. <laughs> what does that mean? Tom? Oh, Cecil, let's. Dictator for patriotism. The first time they pushed back against the wall, I did a video probably in, I don't know, I'm going to have to say March of 2017, where I literally looked at the camera and I declared that President Trump should declare war on Congress, both parties. And right. That is a stupid <laughs> thing to say. He's going to declare war. Why would and he then Congress is going to be like, uh, we're going to not vote up that resolution. <laughs> Why would he declare war on his own party too? <laughs> like his own party, first off, when he takes office, was in power. Right. Like his own party had, they had, all, they had everything. In they, 2017 yeah, in they March. They had everything. They had yeah. everything. Yeah. So, you know, this idea that you're going to be like, oh yeah, we, he should have he should have declared war. And say, you don't even know how the government works. I love this idea that the, the president does not have the power to declare war. Yeah, he would have to go to Congress to and go, be like, yeah, is there stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Anyway, stop cause, hitting yourself. Cause he comes with his bill. He's looking down at the ground. He's like, can you guys just sign this without looking at it? Okay. <laughs> you decided to say that. What? Yeah, you decided. <laughs> Senator, say what? People <laughs> thought I was absolutely out of my mind, but I, I'm a visionary. I'm able to see that things. Oh my God! Listen to him. Listen to him. He sounds like a bear. He sounds like he's beaten off. That's what it sounds like. I'm gonna rewind it a little bit. That's see so if you can hear creepy. This. See if you can hear this. And right. people thought I was absolutely out of my mind, but I, I'm a visionary. I'm able to see that. What the fuck? He is jerking off. I don't know what if is happening. Case, or if he's just like a Rottweiler. I don't what know. is happening? He's like that man. He's like a bulldog. Like you never, you can never have a quiet moment. He just constantly <laughs> has this low rumble in the background. <laughs> 
Did I tell you I had a bulldog for a day? You, you're the one who told me about the story, yeah. I had a bulldog. Bulldogs are fucking stupid. I'm sorry if you have them. If you have one, you have a stupid dog. Bulldogs are fucking ridiculous. Oh, send your email to Ty, you know, at dissonance.com. Podcast. Everybody with an English yeah. bulldog knows your dog is ridiculous. They can't even be born properly. They'll have to be born cesarean section. Because, really? Yeah, because they're all fucking no, four. Are you serious? Yeah, they're not. I don't know that I believe that. They can't, Google it right they now. They can't come out? They can't come out. They're all born C-section because they're fucking. C-section? Yeah. So they're like, a, that's why they're super expensive. Like they're like, a they're like, they're the only breed of dog that can't swim. Because they're like, they just like, you got to put like a life vest on them. They, they go to the water. Swim. They, they can't even dog paddle because it's like, I'm shaped wrong. <laughs> Fuck. They're like, they, I had this dog, this bulldog for one day. This fucking thing was the most ridiculous animal in all of history. I was so excited. I'm like, oh, he's kind of weird and cool looking. You like weird animals. I do. You like I weird do. animals. I do. So like the dog appealed to me. Yeah. I get him and he's like, I'm like, I'm going to take him for a walk. A walk. Not a run. Not a jog. Not a sprint. A walk. He's like, <gasps> <laughs> 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 You were pushing almost three bills back then, so you were probably like that too. I wasn't though. like, yeah, but I could hear him <laughs> over me. Are you kidding me? I could hear him over me. It was ridiculous. Uh, I'm walking faster than him. Oh, that's true. He's especially he's, back then. Yeah, he like fell asleep. He farted like like constantly. <laughs> Did he fart he all the time? Constantly. He sounds like it sounds he's like snorking. It or whatever sounds like sound it sounds is. like the bagpipe of animals. <laughs> <laughs> then this fucking crazy ass thing fell asleep. And of course, it doesn't fall asleep and just be a dog. It sleeps. It's like, <laughs> does it snort? Has apnea? <laughs> it was horrifying. It's like a sound. It's like thing, a man. rocket taking. <laughs> it was. The, I was just staring. I was constantly uh, doing that thing where you stare incredulous at this mistake of nature that nature did not create. You're like, this is not for me. So. Right, right away, you brought it back that night? I brought or? it back the next day. I was like, this sleeps at my house. And then it was always trying to fuck me. The thing was, was like, it? it was like a humper <laughs> and it was strong as shit. So you're like, oh my God, this, this sounds like the worst dog. I was like, I'm, this, this dog's going to hit a me too. Like, it's, <laughs> it's got apnea. It's overweight. It tries to hump everything. It's the Donald Trump of dogs. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> no, it wasn't Republican. It wasn't that gross. <laughs> were never going to get better. They were never going to allow this president to enact his full agenda. What is happening? Who makes that sound? You need to go to every doctor all the time. Just never leave. <laughs> That's not a sound you make if things are going good in your I body. I can't even make fun of Josh Barrett because I'm so distracted by the... <sighs> Come on my show. I'm going to come on my show. I'm going to come on my show. I'm going to come on my show. What the fuck? <laughs> this dude is waking one out to the bald, weird dude. Oh, Jesus. This clip is two minutes and 13 seconds. And if there's a fucking uptick in his breathing, I know how this ends. <laughs> I said, you know what? Don't even work with him. Work with the people on Twitter and Facebook that well, love Yeah, well, don't work with the fucking... And that's... If he followed your advice, you fool, then he fucked up the entire thing because he had all the fucking houses and congresses and all that bullshit. He certainly fucking stacked the Supreme Court. He had everything going for him before the fucking midterms. And you told him, instead of going with the fucking places that you won politically, that he should work with people on Twitter... You're an asshole. <laughs> Work with them how? 
They they are they are they have no force and effect. What is this? What does that even it's mean? Just Vox Populi bullshit, right? That's all it is. Work with the people on Twitter and Facebook. That'll get you a wall. Said nobody who needed to get appropriations bills passed through Congress. What I love is look at all the people that have made money and like that one guy who had like the fucking GoFundMe for the wall and then bought a yeah. boat. Or whatever. <laughs> like all these people are Go like boat me. Yeah, it's like it's like all these people like like they're they're. They know that they can trick all these dupes, yeah. right? Like, I couldn't imagine right now, there's three places that you could really make a killing. In quackery, you could make a killing right now yeah. because of all the anti-vax stuff that's going on. In religion, right now, especially, as if oh, you came God, out as a Trump-supporting religious leader, like you could make a ton of money. Yep. And then specifically, just duping all these Trump supporters with something, you could make a killing. Like, because they're so... Like, there, remember that Trumpy bear thing we saw? We couldn't tell whether it was real or not. It doesn't matter, it right? Doesn't. Because it's going to, they they made an amazing commercial for this Trumpy bear. I'll see if we can, Ian can find it and put it on the show notes. But it's this Trumpy bear thing. The commercial's so good, you don't know if they're being true or not, but it doesn't matter because what they'll do is they're going to sell it to both the people who hate Trump to make fun of him and the people who love Trump so that they can fuck it at night. Right. <laughs> people whose irony detectors either go off yeah. all the time or never go right. off at all. And you're selling yeah. it to both markets. You could make a killing during the Trump presidency yeah. with all this stuff. You can make an absolute killing. Yeah, we are we are genuinely living in a world where I'm just, I am, this is how, ha- and we've talked about this. It happened to me so many times in my life where I'm just like, that can't be real. Yeah. That has yeah. to be, a, right. that has to be satirical. This cannot be real. The first time I heard the thong song, right. I was like, there's no way that's a real that's song. That's not a real song. And I'm wrong. I'm like wrong every single yeah. time, right? I'm wrong constantly. But I'm always looking around like, you now you're, you're just fucking with not me. There's no way that's real. And the last two years, it's every day. Every day I'm like, no, there is no way. There's now we've reached the limit of absurdity. You and follow you and you work with them. You tell them what you're going to do and you do everything else you have to do by executive order. Almost become a dictator. Is he snoring? I don't know. Did he die? Did he fall asleep? It'd be so great if he Uh, fell asleep. For for patriotism, if you had to, knowing that you weren't be a dictator for patriotism in a democratic country. I I don't even know what that means. Yeah, I am a dick. I'm going to do everything by executive order because I'm a dictator for patriotism. I wouldn't be surprised if that became a slogan. Hmm? The world has gone so mad. I think you're probably right. I think that that probably is a slogan that could easily sell. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to... If that happens, dude, we can do this show from Canada, right? We got to do somewhere else. I say Edinburgh. Okay. okay. I say Edinburgh. Beautiful. I think Beautiful. it's gorgeous. I check the weather. I can't, I'm, I'm I can't understand anybody over there. <laughs> it's like a foreign country. It'd be amazing. I'll go. Let's go. Go to, we'll pack go it to up. Glasgow to drink on the weekend. All right. And then you come back to Edinburgh just to sit in that beautiful park all week. <laughs> back to Glasgow for the weekend. I don't want to live in Glasgow because your lifespan shortens mysteriously. I don't want to. I don't want to live in Glasgow either. But I want to drink with those guys again. Oh yeah, because I had that was so such fun. a great night drinking with those guys. I also had a great night drinking with the four people who wanted to come to our and thing. And <laughs> I had a great night with those particular people, yeah. but the the old guy who was eyeing me up who didn't like me. I no. He and I were not mm-hmm. friends. He's dead though. Now, so. <laughs> people in both parties working with you. I wouldn't say anything to Nancy Pelosi. I wouldn't say anything to any of them. Mitch McConnell, none of them. I would uh, just stop talking. literally lock myself off. God, even your fucking mic is like clipping. 
and like you sound terrible and you're fucking you're fucking breathing like a beluga whale fucking get out of here congress do what i'm gonna do do it through executive order make the country great again and then let the let the people of america decide in 2020 so do you like how great i made it does everybody like how great i just made the country through a series of uh you know kingly decrees yeah, right right as you've hailed me your emperor like we are a de- we're at, like at the very least like we can't step on snacks we're a democracy this like is, we don't do this this is the thing that really comes out though i watched something this week about about uh trump a bunch of women they were uh all middle-aged rich white women all oh. sitting around the tweets asked about these tweets and the tweets were were they racist and <laughs> we asked a group of privileged asked, white ladies. And they all said, no, they yeah. all said, no, of course not. And they said, it's these women who hate America. It's these women who are trying to ruin America. And they're like, and, and someone, you know, they're asking them very simple questions like what, how, and they're like, oh, they're just trying to ruin America. You know what I mean? It's yeah, one of those things. Well, I, but I don't know the answer to your question. But look at the look at the rallies. Look, listen to this guy. Listen to all the people that are pundits for, for Trump. Listen to these women that are just completely brainwashed. There's, this is a cult. It's a cult of personality that has yeah. gone beyond political party. It stopped being political party. And now because their guy who they elected into office got attacked because he's a shitty, terrible person, um, now they want to turn it into, I love him. Yeah. I I wonder if it's almost, I, I, I feel like I wonder if it's almost in the reverse. Like the problem is, that we're siding, we've decided we're 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 with the party. We're with the Republican Party. And as a result, it doesn't matter who the Republican Party yeah. puts up there. Yeah. It doesn't matter how onerous, how terrible, how racist, how mean-spirited, how misogynist. The thing is, that's my team. And once I've signed up for that team, whoever we elect as captain, I have to back. It's it's like, it's like I wonder if the 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 sort of like incredibly hyper-partisan walls that we've created that makes it so difficult for people to even travel in different social circles around that. Makes it impossible for people not to back their party even when they're faced with overwhelming evidence. I don't think that's true, though. I think it's, I don't think it's true for us, at least for the left side. You know, when I talk, think about Anthony Weiner, who on our side is like, God damn it, Where's Ant? Oh, fucking forget about it. That guy needs to come back. Who's fucking crying for him to come back? Who's crying for anybody who's had a disgrace to come back? But they're not. When, when, when somebody does something wrong yeah. that's pointed out and then they're ejected from the party and they don't get to come back. And so it's different on ours. I just genuinely yeah, think it's different. I agree with you. I think on the left versus the right, the right does a better job of playing team ball. Yeah. Like, they, they, they don't stop. break ranks. Yeah. So we are joined by Gail Jordan from Recovering from Religion. Uh, Gail, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's so good to be here. So, Gail, um, if people aren't familiar with Recovering from Religion, tell them a little bit about that organization. Sure. 
We're, we, uh, Recovering from Religion, has been in existence for about 10 years. It started with Dr. Daryl Ray, who's a former minister and a former psychologist, who saw the need for a place for people to have some time and space to unpack the baggage that sometimes accompanies religion. R- real simply, our mission statement is to provide hope, healing, and support for people who are struggling with issues of doubt and non-belief. And so all of these years and all this that we have done have led us today to be the premier go-to organization for people who need a a little support, a little assistance, a little patience, a a little space to deal with those issues. Do you think that uh, under the current administration, people are looking for more hope? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the last one, we had hope and change. We did. We had hope and change before, and now we just have racist tweets. So I'm just curious... If people are now we just have sadness and despair. <laughs> <laughs> Recovering from reality foundation yeah, no, is what I oh, need to start. Gosh. Right. Gail, right. can I ask, like, when you say recover from religion, I, I, I describe what that means um for somebody. Like, what do people need to recover from? What are the sure. what are the sure. issues that people coming out of religion face? Sure, we get asked that question quite a lot, and it probably won't surprise you to know. Um, Recovering from Religion has a 24-hour telephone hotline and a 24-hour internet chat just for folks to reach out and to have some help whenever they need it. And it won't surprise you to know that the number one reason people come to us is not lingering fear of hell, although that's one. It's not dealing with the big cosmic issues of the universe, although that's also, it's also an issue. But the number one reason is because of fractured relationships. Okay. Because when, when, when someone leaves religion, religion has baked into it such a um, defensive protectiveness against people questioning and walking away. And so they, religion counters that by um, already having in place what's going to happen to you when you leave because it, because people that remain in religion are, are frightened of this person who has doubted this that you've heard since childhood and has pushed back against the you know against the flow and the mainstream and so um, th- th- when when someone really leaves religion very often they lose their entire community they lose their friendships family relationships are fractured and so that's the number one reason that people come to us is because sometimes it's for help to restore those relationships and sometimes it's for help accepting that those relationships will never be restored. Yikes. Are there are there specific religions or, or denominations that in your experience people have the hardest time recovering from? Sure. Sure. There's, and in fact, there are religions uh, that have language around disfellowshipping. I don't know if you've heard that word. Where that's a that's, that's a protocol. Jehovah's Witness thing, right? Yeah. Yes, it is. That's yeah, okay, a Jehovah's right. Witness thing, where it's part of the protocol. They even know how it works, so that, and and they and and believe you me, they teach their young people this. This is what happens when we have to disfellowship someone, and and the ties of family are are completely overlooked. It doesn't matter if it's your mother or your child or your sister, or your brother. It's this is the procedure. This is the protocol. When they leave the faith, you are to cut off all communication with them. Mormon has a version of that, the Mormon religion. So it's uh, it's insidious the way religion has um, takes power over that. It's hard enough to do all of the emotional heavy lifting that's associated with losing this belief in this parent that loves you and cares about you and has a plan for your life. But in addition to all of that work, 
then you then you lose the people that you most depend upon. So it's a, for some people, the change, the walking away from religion can be seismic. Everything in their world changes. It's not just their point of view that has changed. It's not just their outlook on life or what they value. It's everything changes. It, it seems like a lot of what you're describing um, would also describe sort of the defense mechanisms that almost all cult-like religions build into their processes, right? To keep people from from finding you, you know, from finding other organizations that might say, you know, there's life outside of this. Sure, I think, and I think, I think all religions have some variation of that. Even the hippie, groovy, cool religions, it's it's not comfortable when a when a close family member doubts that and rejects it. You know, it's not. It, when we when we leave religion, we're not just saying, you know, um, that's okay. That's okay for you. It's just not my thing. Because what we're saying is, we don't have confidence that anything that you believe in is true. And and how can that not be personally offensive? And so if you put yourself right. in, the, in the position of the religious person who's remaining, you see that. Okay, well, it's a complete rejection of things that I believe in. No matter how you slice it, no matter how gently you try to leave, no matter how loving you try to be, it's a rejection of what the other person holds most dear. So when you when you help people, um, they call you and chat with you to try to talk them themselves through this process with you. you you're, you're sort of therapy for them. It's not. It's not exactly therapy. We're kind of careful with those words. It's peer support. Uh, <laughs> we do have. <laughs> I, I'm already throwing the wrong words in here. <laughs> Actually, it's not we, reimbursable you know, we, by insurance. Yeah. <laughs> we do have the Secular Therapy Project, and that's professionally vetted therapists. That's a database that that's uh, that we do connect our clients with if they need professional counseling. This is this is peer support, and you know the value of peer support. It's a compassionate, patient, listening ear. Whenever they call in, we are very careful not to lead them through a deconversion process. We don't do that kind of thing. That's not what we're there for. We're there for them to ask their questions without any judgment. We're there to provide. We have a vast bunch of resources up to and including podcasts like Cognitive Dissonance. Whenever they uh, ask for resources, <laughs> we're there to provide wherever it I'm is. Trying to think of how are, dire things have to be in order for you to recommend <laughs> so like, what is that what is that distress call like what commissioner gordon asked, i am hell i am gonna put from now on on every cognitive distance shirt we are peer support <laughs> <laughs> best uh, peer support ever oh gosh so gail you're you're hosting a fall excursion can you tell us what's happening uh in september Sure, I'm so glad you asked that. Everything that Recovering from Religion has done to expand our program has been directed at answering the question, how can we help? And about a year or so ago in our in our board meetings and our leadership team meetings, we recognized that there might be a need for an intense, real-time, meet space, religion recovery weekend where people come together. If, if, if people are coming out of religion, they know what a weekend retreat feels like. And so this weekend recovery retreat is like all the good stuff from those oh, wow. religious retreats and none of the bad stuff. It's all of the <laughs> s'mores and the campfire okay. and the relationships and talking late into the night and getting away into the cool mountains, all of the good stuff and none of the bad. It's in September. It's in the mountains of North Carolina in these very cool, beautiful cabins. There, um, We're going to have sessions. We're going to have 
professional therapist on hands on hand if folks need a little bit of additional help. We're going to have group sessions. We're going to have a wine and cider tasting. Just the most fun weekend from start to finish. And we've opened this up to whoever it is who want to attend. If you think that you know that that might benefit you to go to a place where other people are on a similar journey and to have people in place to be able to support you and you can ask your questions and you can begin to think about what your reconstruction is going to look like, what launching into being a, a person who doesn't live their lives by dogma, what that looks like and feels like. So we have this entire re- retreat planned. We hope it's the first of many, but we are so excited about it. That's not, when, the thing that struck, I think, Cecil and I at the same time was when you said it's like anybody who's been to a religious tr- retreat would recognize it's all the good stuff. Um, with none of the bad, I wrote down, but what about the hours long repetitive brainwashing chanting? Like, yeah. <laughs> when do you have that? Like, is that at seven, eight? And the 47 verses. Yeah, right? oh my God. <laughs> Just sing until you're not thinking anymore. Sorry guys, yeah. not with this one. <laughs> so who's going to be, who's going to be there uh, helping people? Sure. We've got, of course, uh, it's a lot of the recovering from religion folks, Dr. Daryl Ray, the board of directors, me. Uh, in addition to that, we have a couple of sp- special guests. You all know Mandisa Thomas of Black Nonbelievers. She's one of our guests. Lloyd Evans, who works with Recovering Jehovah's Witness. He's one of our guests. Candace Gorham. And we have a very special guest, um, Sarah Roxdale. She's an Instagram influencer, and she's um, she has also done her own journey away from religion, and she's going to be joining us. And so we've got lots of fun activities planned up to and including we have an astronomy lecture from the local college. It's uh, Daryl is going to lead us on a nature hike. It's just an immersion weekend. of tr- and, and actually, the subtitle of it is called Embracing Your Nature. Religion oftentimes stands between us and what our natural, what our natural morality is, what our natural sexuality is, what our natural being a human being is. And so embracing your nature is what we're trying to get them back to what it like, what it feels like and what it is like to be a human being. And how do we live a moral life without religion? And, and all of those questions that religious folks are just getting a taste of answering. And so we've completely surrounded them by this weekend event for that. You know, um, uh, I left my religion many, many, many years ago, and uh, I was never really deep into the religion in the sense of the community. I was, I was religious, but I was not in the community very, um, very connected to the religious community that I belonged to. But um, my wife uh, was for many years, even after we were married. And one of the things that happened is that she left her religion, and once she left. Um, she started to get pretty depressed about some of the things that she used to do. And one of the things that she used to do was she was really into Christmas at her particular church. And uh, and we had to find new traditions. Uh, her and I had to find new traditions to sort of help her cope with all these great memories that she grew up with and all the, you know, all the the things that she was used to doing on Christmas. And it rem- And this reminds me of that. It's like, you know, you're taking people that are, you know, that are coming out of religion that ex- that are looking for these sort of meaningful experiences that they used to have, and uh, and then you're going to create one that they they really can fit in. So I think this is a great uh, a great way to help people um, exit religion. That's so funny that you mentioned that. That's my topic. <laughs> it's creating. That's my little session of the weekend is creating new new traditions. And it and and there is so much joy in when you when you do relaunch. And, and my deconversion has not been that long behind me that I don't remember. One of the things that I I, I 
that I can recall when I first started thinking about it in an open way before, all of my charitable given had, giving had just been to my church. I was a family that tithed. We gave our 10%. We never batted an eye. And after I left the faith and I, and then I'm left with, well, who, how, how do I, what, who do I give money to? And so now I have this little, because it's me, I have this little color-coded chart and I have different organizations that I'll give this to and that to. And it's one of the biggest joys of my, of my life. Who would have thought that? Who would have known that? So there's all these new, brand new little pieces that we want to make. Um, it's full of wonder and full of joy and full of um, feeling like you're part of, of the human community instead of just the religious community. So yeah, we're really looking forward to it. You know, I will say that's something that, that, that religion does do well is they are good at community. Yeah. As a secular person, community is hard. Like yeah. I've never been terribly religious, but I've always had that like jealousy of the smokers, you know, like, oh, they're out there smoking and talking. There's like, there's a sense sure. of community and cohesion. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. like everybody wants to be in the band. Yeah. Um, and what I love sure. about this weekend is it's like, yeah, all right, well, you got to create your own band. Yeah. Um, and there's a there's something kind of scary about having to do that, but there's also something really freeing about being able to choose who's in the damn band. <laughs> What's really impressive is you get all this done in a weekend. Yeah, we're, we're recognizing the importance of that, you know, and I think groups like Oasis and Sunday Assembly, they're all seeing yeah. that and we're all, we're, we're kind of flying by the seat of our proverbial pants to figure out, you know, how, do we do this geographically? Do we do this online? How do we do our community? Do we just do simply secular communities, whatever political party that we're involved in? And so I know there's more than more than one way to do that. And so this is the part of that experimental thing is to empower people to go, you know what? You're right. You get to, you get to decide how you're going to do your community. So Gail, we're, we, both Tom and I are really are excited about this, uh, this excursion you're doing. Tom and I are going to become sponsors tonight. Um, of this. Oh, so. outstanding. Thank you so much. I, I, I want I, thank you. And I'll tell you what, what that means to me. We've had several folks, so many people have reached out to us and so many people want to go and it's just a little bit beyond their budget. And so we've had people ask for a subsidy or ask for some kind of assistance for it. And as our sponsors have come in, we've been able to say that's one more person that gets to attend the weekend. So, oh, I'm so glad to hear that's you say great. that. Thank you so that's much. Um, oh, so can you tell people... Um, um, where they can find this uh, this information. Sure. Recoveringfromreligion.org, pretty straightforward website. And there's an excursion tab right across the top, as well as the donate tab and the volunteer tab. It's all real, it's all right there, as well as our telephone number for our for our telephone hotline and for the internet chat bubble is right there if you want to talk to us. It's all in one convenient place at recoveringfromreligion.org. It sounds like an amazing event. Yeah, it really does. We, we really, really necessary. We really hope it goes great. We're gonna try to have you on after it's over to talk about it after it's finished. Um, we really hope it goes great. Gail, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Oh, thank you again for having me and I look forward to it. So we want to thank our patrons. We especially want to thank our newest patrons, Rebecca, Andrew, Jesus Eight, All My Ferrets, Sarah, Aaron, and Brian. Thank you very much for your patronage. Of course, we may have more patrons later because we are doing a live stream in a few moments. You might have missed it uh, on Thursday night, but you can catch it if you're hearing this on Monday. You can go back to YouTube. You can go back to the Facebooks, the Twitters, the other places that this thing posted, and you can watch it 
Um, we're not sure if it was funny yet. So <laughs> I'm going to assume my, it was great. It might I been. know I was particularly maybe. great in the Could've future. Could have been. Who knows? Which is your past. So, but yeah, so uh, so maybe it was great, but uh, but check it out. We got a couple of messages. One was, uh, we got a couple of different people who actually did do the math on the earthquake slash nuke if it was under your feet. And, uh, and Michael sent us a really interesting graph. I'm going to see if I can have Ian post it. Uh, not a graph, but like a seismic... Whatever. Seismograph? Is that what it call yeah. it? Seismograph? So it's a seismograph image of what a nuke looks like and then what a seismic activity looks like. And uh, and the difference is very, very, I mean, it's very striking. You can totally see the difference. Um, starts out slow, explodes. Um, that's very much sort of like everything that happens in my life. And then the <laughs> other one starts with a bang and then Tapers, tapers off. Tapers off. Again, sounds That's a lot not, like my life too. I don't see so, the difference. Yeah. yeah so, um, <laughs> but uh, but we got a bunch of people who are basically saying, "Look, you can't feel it from a very short distance away. It's it, right. you really can't. It does not travel like an actual earthquake yeah. does." Bottom line is like the amount of energy released in an earthquake event is just orders of literal magnitude yeah. Yeah. <laughs> greater than a nuclear weapon. We got a couple of messages from people asking if we could meet up for a drink. Um, the tough, it's really tough with Tom and I. Tom and I, Tom only comes out to the city really to, to record the show. Right. And we do it on Thursday nights and it's normally late when we're done. Um, and we really just don't have a lot of opportunity to do that. We are going to try to plan something in the future that's going to be a meetup. Um, we're hoping at, you know, like one of the cool spaces here in Chicago, but we haven't set down a date yet. We'll let everybody know when that's going to happen. And then we're going to, we're going to hopefully have a really fun meetup. Um, but, uh, but meeting just like after we record, is just so it's, hard. It's, Things aren't even open when right. we're done. Yeah. Yeah. We tried to go out for a drink with Noah one time. And after, it was ridiculous. And it was like, just trying to even get into a bar around here because it's like, you know, it's 1130 at night. Most of the bars are like, get the fuck out of here. Right. We, the lady give us stared fucking daggers at us to get us a fucking <laughs> gin and tonic for a few minutes, just for like two minutes to talk, you know? Right. So, so it's just really tough on these, on these weeknights, but we do thank everybody who invites us out. We really do appreciate it. It's just, it's just with all the stuff that we're doing, all the scheduling we have, it's just so hard to get together. Okay. So there's a meme out there. Um, it's the hide your kids, hide your wife meme. It's from a long time ago, from like 10 years ago. Now I had, I remember this meme from back then, Tom, you had never seen it. You just yeah. saw it the other Haley day. Haley showed it to me yeah. yesterday. I just saw it the other day, <laughs> but I, I didn't, I knew about it from a long time ago, but it was one of those things like it's been flushed from the Ram. Like, gosh, with 10 years now, it's something I didn't even put two and two together with this guy who, you know, is clearly saying, you know, hide your kids, hide your wife. Cause there was like a burglar or something in his neighborhood. There's a rapist, yeah, rapist like, yeah, in his neighborhood. Crazy. And he's, and he's talking to a, a TV camera and, and it's, it's an old meme. It's like, right. you know, really old. And so it, it completely slipped my mind. Um, but everybody, everybody told us that we missed the yeah, connection. Sorry, we, missed we missed the it. connection. Um, sorry, I wasn't up on all the memes. I missed um, it entirely we didn't, when we it didn't happened. Meme so. correctly, but yeah, a bunch of people, Joy, and a bunch of other people sent in. Hey guys, just so you know, that is that she was referencing something from ten years ago. Right. <laughs> She's basically doing a skit from Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, I was talking about uh, having to decode a manual. We were talking about the Bible, right? And uh, someone said, "Well, as you were saying that." This was on the side of a box I was picking at my uh, my place of business. This is great. Direction for use. Remove the batteries holder, put the two 18650 into the flashlight, and according to the 
positive, negative, rightly. Warning. Attention the anode and cathode of the battery and putting it into the battery holder. Do not irradiate the eyes directly Don't as the that. brightness light Sounds will bad. harm the eyes. Sounds really bad. When the light fails in, please use new powerful battery to replac the old Replac. <laughs> you gotta replac it. Please take out the battery when torch will be no use for some time. Oh, I love it. That's awesome. Made in China. Oh, man. <laughs> tell you what. So thank you, Matt, for, Matt, so for sending that. It was very funny. It reminded me of the uh, Google Translates we used to do. Oh. They've got unfortunately good. They got better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so we got a video from Jason. Oh. Holy shit. This is crazy. I'm going to post it on this week's show notes. This is a recording of a dude doing a chiropractic... I, it's like a maneuver. <laughs> I mean, like it's like it's like a finishing know. move. I think is what it is. <laughs> but it's it's one of those. He has this fucking thing on this person's head, and it's like a fucking. He's basically got their head in like a strap basket. Yeah, like a moving yeah. strap. And he's got this trapeze holder thing <laughs> or a water ski holder <laughs> thing in his hand, and he fucking almost yanks this woman's <laughs> spine out like fucking scorpion in Mortal oh, Kombat. She's Screams. Unbelievable. He pulls on this thing and she jerks and she screams and starts bawling. And he's like passing it off. He's like, don't worry, it's going to be fine. And it's like, holy shit. He looks like he fucks this lady up hardcore. This woman on the on the adjusting table, this woman moves a solid foot. Yeah. Like and he fast. yanks her by her yeah. skull. Like, like if she had an accelerator, accelerometer on her, it would be yeah. like she dead. Yeah. <laughs> So Be Excellent sent this in. I want to just play this really quickly. Um, this was a question we had asked. Hey, guys. Love the show. I just wanted to quickly call and tell you um, in regards to pedophilia that you were talking about last week. If the child is aged 11 to 14, it's hebophilia. And if they are 14 or above, it is apivophilia. So they really got everything classified nowadays. Glory hole. If it's 14 or above, so I could fuck B. Arthur and it's a pivophilia or whatever. <laughs> B. Arthur's dead. That's like is a B. Arthur dead? I don't know. Maybe. Oh. But if she is, if she is, then it's a Phoebo necrophilia. <laughs> well, and if they bleed, it's hemophibophilia. <laughs> oh, they're gonna bleed. Oh, so, oh uh, God. <laughs> Oh, you said it. Fuck right, you. you. But I fuck you. Did say it. Oh, All right, you did you got say me it. On yeah, that. tag. You're it. So um, that's what they say when they do the hemophilia. Stuff. Anyway, <laughs> so um, so uh, we want to thank Gail Jordan from Recovering from Religion for joining us today. Uh, you can find links to their website and to that uh, retreat on this week's show notes. Um, and check it out if you're interested. If you are recovering from religion, this sounds like a really great thing to attend. Absolutely. Um, so it might help you, like she said, start new traditions and uh, and figure out your way past religion. You can check it out on this week's show notes, like I say. Uh, and uh, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Um, we are going to leave you, like we always do, with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead, pan, sales pitch, late night infodocutainment. 
Leo Pisces, Cancer Cures, Detox, Reflex, Foot Massage, Death and Towers, Tarot Cars, Psychic Healing, Crystal Balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, Aliens, Churches, Mosques and Synagogues, Temples, Dragons, Giant Worms, Atlantis, Dolphins, Truthers, Birthers, Witches, Wizards, Vaccine Nuts, Shaman Healers, Evangelists, Conspiracy, Doublespeak, Stigmata, Nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and information provided on this podcast are intended for entertainment purposes only. All opinions are solely that of Glory Hole Studios, LLC. Cognitive dissonance makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, currentness, suitability, or validity of any information and will not be liable for any errors, damages, or butthurt arising from consumption. All information is provided on an as-is basis. No refunds. Produced in association with the local Dairy Council and viewers like you.